Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the Welcome back to Forged in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Rob Verhels, better known as Fireman Rob. Today's guest is an amazing guest. He has numerous books. Let's put it that way. He has numerous books. He's a world-class professional keynote speaker, an author, just an amazing person who has a story that you're going to be captivated by. Just to give you two quotes from two legendary motivational speakers, Les Brown called Matt Jones. He says, Matt Jones speaks in a voice that transforms lives. His life example moves audiences of all kind. And then Brian Tracy, another person who's addressed almost 4 million people in over 40 countries, said, Matt has a wonderful ability to inspire and motivate you to overcome any obstacle and achieve any goal. Now, if you're not excited yet, I don't know what's going to get you excited. Matt Jones, it's so nice to have you on this podcast today. It is an absolute honored and humbled to be here. Well, you know, we got to start off with your story because if nobody knows what your story is, it's just a captivating thing. And if you want to know more about Matt Jones, you can go to MatthewDJones.com and find out more. If you need a speaker, this is the guy that you're going to look for. Let's start off by, you know, I, I, I'm kind of getting a backstory and then you can get into it more, but. When you were a senior in college, you got some news that changed your life, and that wasn't just the only news that you got. Tell us more about the news that you got when you were a senior in college. Yeah, I was a senior in college, and I was into bodybuilding. So, like, my hero was Arnold. <laughs> and so, I live in Kansas, and so my dream was I want to move to California, get pumped up, be like Arnold. I was a certified personal trainer. And then as I think your audience would agree, sometimes life can change in a moment. And I began that fall semester. I knew something wasn't right. I couldn't do my workouts. I was so tired, sleeping up to 16 hours a day. One 24-hour period, I slept 23 hours, had a sore throat, thought I had mono. Go to the doctor, get tested, results come back negative. And it's like, Matt, we got to run some more tests. You're free to go home. And a little bit after one o'clock, on 9-11-2002, my phone rang. Phone call, I'll never forget. It was my doctor. And that's when he said the three words no one wants to hear. You have cancer. Not good. Life-changing moment. But here's the thing. As I look back on it, that became one of the greatest blessings in my life. And I tell people, I'm very fortunate. I really don't use the word lucky, very blessed to have been diagnosed with cancer. 
because I discovered something about me that each one of us has. No matter the challenges we face, no matter the setbacks, no matter the obstacles, there's someone inside of you that's greater than all of that. And sometimes in life, it takes those massive character building experiences for you to recognize and discover that person that's always been inside of you. That's a great message. You know, the interesting thing about you didn't just have cancer once. You're, you're, <laughs> no, you're minimizing it in the fact that, you know, at 23, you had cancer and it could have become fatal at 23. What did that feel like? If you look back on it, how did you get through that time? You know, that's a great question. And the reality for me is it was just like this roller coaster ride, this adventure over a marathon over several years of going in remission, relapsing, uh, needing a bone marrow donor, getting a call saying we have one. Then they backed out, going back into remission, going relapsing, at uh, one point not having insurance. It was just like one thing. After another, after another, sometimes you get a little bit of hope, but then the negative. And I'll tell you one example that really relates to, I think, so much is going on right now is I was back in remission. This was 2004, and I was waiting for a donor. So I hadn't found a donor for a bone marrow transplant. And that's what I needed for a cure. And so I had these, getting these massive headaches. And so I was referred to Kansas University Medical Center, downtown Kansas City, Kansas. And it's a January day, it's cold out, and I'm sitting in the hospital room waiting for these test results. And I hear this right. knock, and in comes the doctor, a doctor I refer to as Dr. Doom. <laughs> and, the, and the reason is, this is the type of person that brightens the whole room as soon as they leave. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and here's the thing, how many Dr. Dooms do we have right now? Right, exactly. A lot. You know, I always tell people, you know, it's like the evening news. They say good evening, and then they tell you all the bad stuff that's going on. <laughs> they started you off on the right foot, though, right? <laughs> right, good evening, and here's everything's bad. Yeah. No, this is interesting. Now I'll get back to my story, but this is interesting. So one of the things I study is um, positive psychology, and positive psychology asks the question, what's the good life? But what they found in doing my studies that if you were a farmer in Kansas, in 19, I think, when was the Titanic? When did that sink? It was like 1912 or something? It was just after it hit the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's that for my uh, history? Right? That's a great, that's like a great answer. <laughs> I think it was like 1912, right after it hit the iceberg. But here's the interesting thing. If you were a farmer in Kansas, it would have taken you nine months to hear about that. Oh, yeah. And now what we have in this... We have this 24-7 news cycle where news stations are trying to get the headlines. And we're bombarded with all this negativity where sometimes our perception is things are worse than they actually are. Right. And here's what I know. If I would have listened to Dr. Doom, and I'm about ready to tell you what she told me, I wouldn't be here today. And one of the things I, I so strongly encourage people is one of the most important things you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. You've got to feed your mind with positivity. You've got to watch out for the Dr. Dooms. There was right. a, a great motivational speaker back in the day, Keith Harold, and he says, you've got to monitor your ear gates. You've got to be careful what goes in your ears. <laughs> so true. 
So here I am. I'm sitting on this bed. In comes Dr. Doom. She pulls up the stool and she says, Matt, and I'm like 25 at the time, Matt, the cancer's come back and it's spread to the fluid in your brain. Wow. Talk about a bad Monday morning. <laughs> and they gave you a 10% chance of living at that point, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then she proceeds, right? That wasn't enough. And then she says, you have a less than 10% chance of living and gets up and walks out. And that was the bright part of the day. It was. Because here's the reality. I didn't need that negativity in my life. Right. And, you know, one of the things it reminds me of, you mentioned him earlier, but the great Les Brown, one of my mentors. And he said something so powerful, which words that we need more than ever. He said, someone else's opinion of you doesn't have to become your reality. Right. How many times in our life do we hold back on our dreams? Do we hold back on living the life we want to live because someone along the way told us no or told us we couldn't do it or said something negative? A lot. I would have to say a lot of people see the negative thoughts or the negative things that are happening to them and place those in front of what their dreams are, in front of what their passion or their purpose is, and they never truly live their lives, right? Yeah, we all do. I've done it. I still do it. Yeah. And it's, it's on a day-to-day basis because so often we get so much power to a fear and it can paralyze you. You get, sometimes you get that analysis, you get the paralysis by analysis, overthinking things. Right. Now, the interesting part is the story didn't end when you got the 10% chance of survival. <laughs> your story doesn't, con- it just continues. I mean, you had full body radiation that wiped out your immune system so you could get the bone marrow transplants, right? And then, you know, one of the things I see in one of your posts is a picture of you and your dad standing next to you, mm. and you had to relearn how to walk. Yeah, so, yeah, I had full body radiation, I had to do experimental chemotherapy, and then because the cancer had spread to the brain, they put a special device in my head to administer the chemotherapy. Wow. And what happened was this port to administer the chemotherapy in my head around Valentine's Day 2004 it got infected. When my kidneys began to fail, temperature rose to 104 degrees, I slipped in an unconscious state. That's when Dr. Doom told the nurses to call my family and friends because they didn't think, she didn't think I was going to make it. And against all odds, miraculously, I recovered from that. When I came to, I was just so out of it. And the first thing I remember, Rob, I'm sitting there on my hospital bed and my dad's there. There's a physical therapist there, and I had these tennis shoes on, and the laces were untied, and I'm thinking to myself, supposed to do something with these laces, but I I couldn't remember what it was. I was so just dazed and confused. I I didn't even know where I was, really. And I remember my dad, I don't know, how old were you when you learned how to tie your shoes? Like, Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Like six, maybe? I think I was like eight or something. I was ahead of the curve. (laughs) (laughs) Slow learner. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I remember it's just, I'm 25 years old. I was this bodybuilder, you know, I'm like all about strength. And yeah, my dad, he has to tie my tennis shoes. And then they tied my tennis shoes and they helped me to stand up. And once again, I, I knew I was supposed to do something, Rob. I, I couldn't remember what it was. And I, and I remember they took my 
both arms. They put one arm around the physical therapist and one arm around my dad and, and then took my leg and took my left leg and put it in front of my right, to my right leg, put it in front of my left, one by one as I had to relearn how to walk. One step at a time. And one step at a time. And that, you know, that's what my dad told me. He said, Matt, you can do it one step at a time. That's a huge message. Not just, not just at you, to you at that point. Huge. But to a lot of people, like, you know, I keep thinking about Dr. Doom. Sometimes people look at stories like, you're, you're an amazing individual. And they go, well, but my story isn't that bad. You know, it's, I just have this going on. And people can think of Dr. Doom as the bearer of bad news. And a lot of times it's themselves that are telling the bad news to, the, to, to themselves, in essence. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I believe that the biggest challenge you, I, anyone faces are the limiting beliefs, the negative self-doubt, self-defeating inner dialogue. It's that inner Dr. Doom. And what we find in positive psychology is this thing called negativity biased. And what it is, it's that fear of flight. You know, as humans, our brains evolutionary, biologically, we're programmed to see the threats. We're programmed to see the challenges as survival. And so for the majority of people, up to 80% of their thoughts are negative. And so it's so easy to focus on the illusion of fear. And we become our own Dr. Dooms. It's terrible. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things that debilitates people. And they feel like they have to go through this great impact moment in their lives to actually have that. And it's not that it's like you were saying, having that positive self-talk to be able to not convince yourself, but tell yourself that, yeah, I'm worth it. I can do this. Absolutely. You know, one of the greatest lessons I learned and you know, a lot of times people say, well, Matt, you have this great story, this great lesson. But one of the greatest lessons I learned was when I was five years old and my grandfather helped me plant a garden. And I remember we had this little patch of dirt in the back of our yard. And he said something to me, I'll never forget, over 35 years ago. He said, Matt, every single day, you have to water your crop. And every single day, you have to pull the weeds. And one of the things I like to share, that our mind is like a garden. And on a daily basis, you've got to water it with good stuff, positivity, motivation, encouragement. And then also on a daily basis, you've got to pull those weeds of negativity, those negative thoughts, that false evidence appearing real, that illusion of fear, those, those thoughts of Dr. Doom, realizing, you know, I had this thing, Rob, about how, I don't know about you, but well, it depends. You've been to Vegas, right, with those buffets? Oh, yeah. The buffets? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. I look like it, don't I? I don't know if they're... Of course, I wonder, there might not be buffets in the future. I don't know. But of course, the great thing about the buffet, you choose what you're going to eat. And the same thing with our thoughts. Just because we have a thought doesn't mean we have to accept it or believe it. We have control over the thoughts that we're going to choose. And that's part of watering your mind and pulling those weeds of negativity. Now, the funny thing is, is that we're not done with this story yet. <laughs> this story doesn't stop with you just conquering three bouts of cancer. You 
in 2004, I believe it was, or no, 2005. It was a year after you finished up chemotherapy that you did what in San Diego? Yes, I think it was like, actually, I finished chemo in 2005, June, and then for my one-year anniversary to celebrate, I completed my first marathon, the San Diego Rock and Roll. (laughs) And you were told... Let's 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 go back here because you were told in what year that you were not going to walk again, that you had to learn well, to walk I, again. Yeah, so that was Valentine's Day, two thousand four, and so what happened was that day I came out of an unconscious state. You know, my dad tied my shoes. I'm there with the physical therapist, even with their help. I mean, they're picking up my legs and putting it in front of me, but I was so exhausted, so weak, I couldn't go five yards on the shoulders of two other people and they had to put me in a wheelchair. Five, five yards. I couldn't make it five yards, two other people. And they're the ones doing all the work. That's how exhausted I was. That's how depleted I was. And they put me in a wheelchair. Here I am, 25-year-old man. I was a bodybuilder. And now I can't go five yards with the help of two other people. Wow. I'm in a wheelchair. And this is before the bone marrow transplant. So I'm still battling cancer. And I remember they wheel me back to my hospital room and I'm laying that bed and that doctor doing the inner voice starts talking. You can't beat this. Right. You're never going to be healthy again. And part of me wanted to quit. Part of me wanted to give up. I've been through so much. You know, I beat it. The doctor said, you know, when I first got diagnosed, I was in remission in three months and he said, Matt, 80% chance I'll never come back. And after that, I felt like I was Rocky Balboa. You know, I conquered cancer. I knocked it out. I used to drive around my hometown windows rolled down. I'm blasting Eye of the Tiger, right? I'm like, Rocky Balboa, I can do anything. (laughs) Seven months later, it came back. Now you need a bone marrow transplant. Then I went back in remission. Then I got the headaches. And now here I am going through all that. And it was like, it seemed every day, something more bad news. Right. I was about ready to quit. I was ready to give up. But there was this little voice back of my head. It said, Matt, aren't you a marathon? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was all a medication they had me on. <laughs> Whatever voice that was. Was that a nurse that was talking to you? Because it's a crazy thought to have. But I love that you said, because a lot of people hear these, these stories of, of resilience and hear these stories of conquering something that most people give into. And they hear you say, there was a point where I was ready to give up. There's many points. And that yeah. it's okay to have that thought, right? Absolutely. And every single marathon, I had that thought. <laughs> <laughs> In the morning or while you're running it? <laughs> All the above. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? This is crazy. So now you, you, I think- yeah, you, say, now you say marathon, but here's where the story goes even farther. And so you did a, the rock and roll marathon in San Diego to celebrate being, in essence, in remission from cancer. And then you yeah, said, well, I'm not done. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Charlie Tremendous Jones, he was a contemporary with um, Zig Ziglar. Did you ever have the honor or privilege of hearing him? Yes, I did. Charlie Tremendous Jones? Yes. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. One of my favorite personal development quotes, he says this, you'll be the same person you are today five years from now, except for two things, the people you meet 
the books you read. And after I did that San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon, I was like, that's it. That was my goal. I wanted to prove to myself I was healthy. I did it. I'm done. I'm never going to run again. <laughs> wrong. Right? Yeah, really wrong. Then I met this couple and they were their goal was to do a marathon on every continent. And that inspired me. You see, that's why it's important to be around people like yourself, people who are positive, people who are going after their goals and their dreams, because they will inspire you to live your life at your very best. And the opposite is true. If you're around a lot of negative people, you're going to go down that common denominator. And that's why it's so important who you surround yourself with, who you listen to, the books you read, the audio books, the podcasts you listen to. Because that will determine who you are, the people you meet, and the books you read. Right. And so, inspired by them, and I sat out on this amazing journey of doing a marathon on every continent. And you did it. You did seven marathons on seven continents. And that wasn't it. <laughs> because just recently... Matt Jones heard that there was another continent that was discovered, correct? Yeah, so I, I thought I was done. I feel pretty good about myself. I'm like, wow, I did all this. Now, what, what's the next goal, right? Right. And it was two, 2017, just I'm on the computer, and I see this headline, the new discovered eighth continent, the hidden continent. And Google this, it's called Zealandia. Zealandia. And what was your thought at that and, moment and they, when you saw that? I was like, are you serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> but part of me was excited too because it was because, you know, as much as a training is a take it out of you, it's just one of the great experiences in my life have been to go to these different continents, these different countries. And I know you experienced this and everywhere I've went to meet the most nicest people in the world. Right. And how the majority of people are so loving so caring and so helpful. Right. But I was in shock. I was like, I got to look, I got, I got to do some investigation. It's kind of like Pluto. You know, when we were kids, Pluto was a planet right. <laughs> and then they took it away. Then someone told me they brought it back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever left. It's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still there. Right. But Pluto. So New Zealand is basically the only part of it's above water. And they have this new satellite technology. 94% of it is underneath the water. Wow. It meets all the major criteria of a continent. And so some people are now recognizing it as the eighth continent. So my goal was to do a marathon every continent. So just to be sure, just to cover my basis, <laughs> 2018, November, I completed my eighth marathon in Queenstown, New Zealand. That's awesome. That is awesome. So to go from 23 years old, right, when you first had your cancer yeah. diagnosis to present day, you did eight marathons on eight continents and conquered cancer three times. It's an amazing story, people. And if you need a keynote speaker, if you want somebody to motivate your audience, Matt Jones is your guy. You can go to MatthewDJones.com. Find out more about him. One of the great things, you have a great book. You have many great books, let's put it that way. But the one that I love is Life's a Marathon. Tell me more about that book. Yeah, so Life's a Marathon. What's great about that is I looked at my life and I asked myself, what allowed me to overcome this 
what to me seem like is insurmountable odds. You know, told you have cancer, comes back, it's in your brain, cancer in your brain. It doesn't get much worse than that. But not only that, how was I able to achieve for me these extraordinary goals, a marathon every continent after we learn how to walk? And so what I discovered was well, there's three things that I did, three choices that other people can use to overcome the challenges they face and achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And so the, the book talks about those three choices. Visualize your victory. The timeless truth that says where there's no vision, the people perish. Secondly, you got to take action. It's not enough to know you got to do. And then thirdly, you got to make the choice to elevate your attitude. You know, one thing Charles Swindoll said, I love this quote, the single most significant decision that you and I can make on a day-to-day basis is our choice of attitude. And so I go in depth using my story, but more importantly, how others, by using those three choices, can cross the finish line of the marathons in their life. Right. And it's not just your life. I mean, that, the greatest thing about this, and, and, and you apply it to other books, about sales, about leadership, about happiness, is that your life story, and this is the greatest thing about having people tell their stories, and especially yours, of that resilience is people can take that resilience and that power that you developed and actually lived and apply it to their life and their challenges because you don't have to have cancer to use these three tools, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the great thing about mentors. Their hindsight becomes your foresight. Love it. You see what I realize? I'm an avid book reader. You know, one of the greatest things you can do is go, you pick out an autobiography of these amazing individuals. And sometimes we look at them like, wow, they were so successful. But if you read their autobiography, what you discover, Robin, you know this, they have faced so much adversity. It's almost like the amount of success correlates with the amount of adversity. Right. Kind of interesting. Yeah, you're talking about the Titanic getting hit by the iceberg or running into the iceberg. Yeah, you know, there's always those great memes about, you know, you see that tip of the iceberg that's on top <laughs> of the water is, is success and all that's underneath it is all the work that it got to. Absolutely. They don't see the, the, the years that went. It's kind of like there's no such thing as the overnight wonder. It's the years of the practice. It's the years of learning. It's the years of growing. But I want to share something with books because here's the interesting thing. Before I ever got diagnosed with cancer, I, I am sure you read Think and Grow Rich. You remember Think and Grow Rich? Oh, yeah. And there's one of my favorite quotes. Every adversity, every heartache, every failure carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, at the time the average American watched over 30 hours of TV a week. And in 2000 and what was it? 2002, when I was diagnosed, do you know what the number one TV show in the world, in the world, in the world was? Number one TV show in the world. No, what was it? The Jerry Springer show. <laughs> <laughs> so now imagine you're watching 30 hours of Jerry Springer. You're going to see a lot of negativity out there. Oh, by far. And at the same time, the average American read less than one nonfiction book a year. Now, here's my point. If I had been watching 30 hours of Jerry Springer a week, I don't think I'd be here. You would. You see, it was one quote from one book. Right. 
that planted a seed inside of me that gave me hope, that gave me a vision. And I remember I'm laying in that hospital bed that first night. And one of the things I share with people, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions. Because it's easy to ask, why me? Why are these bad things happening? And for me, when my life turned around, when I asked, what's the good that could come from the bad? And at 23 years young, in 2002, September, I'm laying in that hospital bed in Topeka, Kansas. And I visualize this victory that someday, somehow, somewhere, for someone, some good will come from this experience. Matt Jones, you are an amazing individual. Again, if you need somebody to motivate, to light a fire under your next meeting or your employees, Matt Jones is your guy. MatthewDJones.com. Thank you so much for being on the show today, but we end with the same questions. I always ask the same questions to all my guests. It's stuff that I don't give you in advance. So good luck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's the first question for you. What is one thing you haven't done, but is outside of your comfort zone? Uh, Climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, I like it. When are you going to do it? Put it out there. Well, I... (laughs) No, no, no. You did eight marathons on eight continents. (laughs) Don't give me the, I don't know. You know, I thought about, well, originally it was going to be December of this year, but of course now everything that's going on. Right. So it's kind of... 2021. My other thought is also... What's 2021. That? Sometime in 2021. Yeah, my other thought is do a triathlon because I'm not a very good swimmer. Okay. So that would be one. I'd probably have to learn how to swim first. Yeah, that... <laughs> then you can float to the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I know some people that can help you. <laughs> Right? I think so. (laughs) All right. Here's your second question. Favorite quote and why? Well, I I shared that earlier, but that uh, Napoleon Hill quote. uh, But I'll give you another one. It's by uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl, and he wrote Man's Search for Meaning. And he was in a, a Nazi concentration camp, and he wrote the book. And he said this, everything can be taken from a person except one thing, the last of their freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And that was, reading that when I relapsed was so powerful to me, realizing that we can't always control our circumstances. We can't always control what's going on. We can't always control other people. But ultimately, we always have a choice of our attitude. That's amazing. And we can choose to be positive or negative. We can choose to have hope or fear. And that was just Always stuck with me, that one quote. That's a powerful quote from an individual that went through something very yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wrote that. Yeah. And I can't imagine. Here's the thing, Rob. No matter how bad sometimes we think we have it, there's always someone else worse off than us. Right. Someone who would want to be in our situation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we have to live our own lives and live our own lives to the greatest potential. And Absolutely. So many people are scared of that. And it's not something to be scared of. Definitely. All right. Your last question here is, if you could pick to have coffee with three other people at a firehouse table, so in other words, nothing is off the table. You can talk about everything. Who would it be and why? Oh, wow. Are these uh, living, current people, living, future living people? Or dead, living past- or dead? Hmm. Wow. That's a great question. <laughs> Got me stumped. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one of them. This is out of the box. One of them would be a future. Uh, can we do future people? Sure, future why not? person would be me and you know what it'd be? Me in 10 years. There you go. 
me 10 years ago and me in 20 years. I like it. Who would drink the most coffee out of you 10 years in the future or 20 years in the future? That's a good question, Paul. <laughs> I like probably ten years in the future. I like that. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be drinking coffee by then. Yeah, it's all about self reflection and self visualization, in essence. Well, it's just a and one of the beauties of life is every season we're in offers unique opportunities of growth and happiness. And I think, as you know, one of the most important things is to be in the moment because all we ever have is the moment. And it's so easy to get caught up in the imagined future or the dead past that we miss out. The only thing we ever have is the here and the now. I love that. All right. You got one more thing. It's the rapid round questions. All you got to do is say one of the two things that I give you. All right. You ready? <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's do here it. We go. Paper or plastic? Paper. Soup or salad? Salad. McDonald's or Taco Bell? Taco yeah, Bell. Oh boy. Camping or hotel? A hotel. <laughs> Fly or drive? I'm going to say drive. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. Sleep in late or wake yeah. up early? Partly sunny or partly cloudy? Partly sunny. <laughs> Fire or water? Water. How about use a porta potty or continue to drive or run to the next physical bathroom? I use a porta Atta potty. Boy. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Go big or go home. Go big. Uh, Matt Jones, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast, as well as having you be such a great impact and influence in this world. Thank you again for coming on today. My absolute honor. Thank you for having me. It's amazing to be part of anything that you do because you are making such a difference in the world. I appreciate it. And you know, uh, for any of you uh, looking for some more information on Matt Jones, go to Matthew. It's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-D-Jones.com. Until next week, this is Fireman Rob, out. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.